Welcome to Tutor Talk, the Tutor Doctor podcast where we talk about all things tutor. I'm Becky, the Tutor Experience Coordinator here at Tutor Doctor Home Office, and I'm your host. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the Tutor Resource Library. We'll have our first development topic discussing the Tutor Doctor building blocks and how we as tutors build back our students' missing educational and confidence foundations. We'll chat about tailoring your tutoring to each individual student, and we'll hear the success story of how one tutor used James Bond to teach their student. Have you heard about the new Tutor Resource Library? The library contains over 100 links to various resources that you can use in your tutoring sessions, and with input from tutors like you, it's growing. The library is organized by country and subject for easy browsing and is searchable by grade, year, or key stage level, state, province, or country, subject, and the type of resource, such as videos, worksheets, or interactive games. You'll find the link to the library in the description of this episode, so make sure you check it out. Do you know of a great resource that's not in the Tutor Resource Library? Well, you can use the Tutor Resource Library submission form to send it to us. The link is also in the description of this episode. We review submissions and upload them to the library on a regular basis, so check back often to see what's new. This episode, we're going to have our very first development topic, and today we're going to talk about the Tutor Doctor Building Blocks. So the difference between what a student has learned and what they're expected to learn at a particular age or grade level or year level is what we call a learning gap. A learning gap in a foundational skill such as reading or math can really impact all aspects of a student's education. If we leave these learning gaps alone, they'll just get bigger over time, causing the student to struggle, lose confidence, and increase the likelihood that these students will not reach their full potential. A student's education needs to be built on a strong skills foundation. Each of the skills that a student develops is a building block that supports the new learning that a student accomplishes each year. When there's a learning gap, one or more of these building blocks are weak or they're missing, and that creates an unstable skills foundation. As a student works towards new learning, these gaps widen and the skills and knowledge fall through the cracks. This causes them to struggle and to lose confidence in themselves. Tudor Doctor's mission of changing the trajectory of a student's life is the rebuilding of those missing or weak building blocks to shrink the learning gaps and to help our students be successful independent learners. All of this stems back to educational theory. Educational theorist Lev Vygotsky developed the idea of the zone of proximal development. The zone of proximal development, or the ZPD, is the area of learning where a task or skill is still too difficult for a student to master on his or her own, but they can complete it with the guidance of a more experienced person. The theory behind this approach is that if a student is in the zone of proximal development for a task, Providing them with some assistance from an adult or a more experienced learner will boost their abilities, allowing them to complete the task and acquire the related learning. This technique is also called scaffolding. If a task is too hard, a student will become discouraged and quit. But if a task is too easy, a student will become bored and quit. It's important that we motivate students to work within the zone where the task or topic is challenging, but it's not beyond their ability to accomplish with our support. Consider when a child's learning to walk. They can't support themselves while taking those first steps, so their parent doesn't leave them to struggle, but holds their hand to help support them until they're able to take steps independently. The parent slowly steps further and further away to let them take more steps on their own. As with the toddler, once a student has mastered a task or skill, the guidance or scaffold can be removed, and the student will be able to complete the task or skill on their own. This is what Tutor Doctor strives to achieve through tutoring. As tutors, we provide the guidance and support, or the scaffold, to help our students develop the skills and rebuild the building blocks that have fallen into a learning gap. 
This allows them to build their skills foundation and succeed independently. But it's not just about creating a stable academic foundation. It's also about creating a solid foundation of confidence. I'm sure we've all seen that students who are missing these building blocks are also missing confidence. As new learning falls through learning gaps, a student's confidence begins to fall through those learning gaps as well. This creates a chain reaction where the student is less likely to push themselves towards new challenging learning for fear of failing and a decreased belief in their ability. So less and less learning takes place. As a result, the student's less likely to reach their full potential in school and other areas of life. Each solid building block that we help a student place raises their confidence, allowing them to reach further for their next building block. In this way, we're not just providing an academic scaffold, but a confidence scaffold as well. Just as an athletic coach works to sustain the confidence level of athletes that he or she trains and pushes them to achieve greatest success, we as tutors that work with Tutor Doctor build up the confidence of our students and push them to achieve greater academic success. We're more than just tutors, we're academic coaches. We create the academic and confidence scaffolds which allow our students to gain the knowledge, confidence, and success which will reach beyond the boundaries of their education and begin to influence all aspects of their life. This is how we know we're successful, and this is how we change the trajectory of a student's life. As tutors, it's our role to help our students create a solid academic foundation and increase their confidence. But how do we engage students and get them interested in working with us to build up those academic building blocks? The key is to tailor your tutoring to each individual student. Here are some things that you can try. Work from your students' interests. I had a student who loved hockey. He was a goalie and it was winter, so we put on our winter gear and we headed out into the driveway with a hockey stick and a puck. We took turns shooting the puck and playing goalie. We kept a running tally of our scores, and when we went inside, we used those scores to calculate the probability of scoring a goal. He was really excited to calculate the numbers because he felt like he had a decidedly better chance of scoring a goal when I was in the net than I had when he was the goalie, and he was right. The activity taught him how to calculate probability, and he discovered that he was clearly a better hockey player than me, which he really loved. So find what gets your student excited. If it interests them outside of tutoring, it will also help interest them during tutoring. Relate these things to what you're learning, create games with them, or use them as the basis for your tutoring. It isn't so hard to get a reluctant reader who loves Harry Potter movies to read if you have them read the Harry Potter books. And it's much easier to engage a student in learning how to count if you count the dinosaurs that they love so much. You can also use your student's learning style as a starting point or a springboard for finding helpful strategies and methods. Is your student an auditory, visual, or kinesthetic learner? Methods and strategies from their preferred learning style won't be the only way that they learn, but it's a great place to start figuring out what works for them and what doesn't. If your student's an auditory learner, they're likely most engaged when their sense of hearing is active, so try creating mnemonic devices to help remember things like the order of a process or the names of the Great Lakes or create a song to help them remember new information. My biology study partner and I created a song to help us remember the phases of mitosis, and almost 20 years later, I still remember every word of it. If your student is a visual learner, they likely process things best when they can see them clearly. So try having them create tables, charts, and diagrams to help them order information or remember a process, or have them create a poster for a particular topic that they can hang in their bedroom or their study space. If your student is a kinesthetic or tactile learner, 
They likely focus and retain information best when they can associate it with an action or a movement. So you could try teaching your student the sounds of each letter of the alphabet by associating it with an action, like jumping while making the sound of the letter J, J for jump, or get on the floor and learn measurement by measuring the length of the hallway floor or carpet. A student's learning style isn't set in stone. It isn't the only way that they will learn, so you might want to try different strategies from all of the learning styles to see what works best. You can also try strategies that are usually helpful for specific types of learners with any student. If you think strategies that are usually considered to be for exceptional students or special needs students will be helpful, even if the student is not exceptional, don't be afraid to use them. The student doesn't know this method or strategy is particularly effective for students who have ADHD or who are diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder, and you don't need to tell them. Even students who have no special needs may benefit from these strategies. It is vital to remember, though, just because a student responds well to your use of one of these strategies, it does not mean that that student has or could have that special learning need. It's just a strategy or method that they find engaging and helpful. It is also helpful to pay attention to what your student is telling you. Not everything your student tells you will be verbal, so watch their body language and cues. Is your student slumped over in their chair? Do they keep sighing heavily? Are they really interested in what the family pet is doing at that moment? Then it may be time for a change of pace or activity. Consider taking a quick break. Young students often love a quick physical activity, so you could try doing some jumping jacks or playing a quick round of Simon Says. Older students may just want a bathroom break or to get a glass of water. Everyone can benefit from a quick reset. Your student may not actually need a break. They may just need to change an activity. Maybe the activity you planned isn't as engaging to them as you had hoped. That's okay. Change it up. Try something different. Not everything you plan will work out. Make note of what you think didn't catch their attention and try it again later with a few changes or scrap the idea altogether and try something else. The key thing when tailoring your lessons to each individual student is that if it works, do it again. If it doesn't work, don't do it again. Those were some things that you can try to help you tailor your sessions to each individual student. In the next segment, we're going to hear how one tutor used his student's love of James Bond to help the student be successful with literature and U.S. history. We love to post tutor success stories on the Tutor Doctor website. This story comes to us from Dr. David Wilson. David is a tutor who works with Tutor Doctor in the United States, and his story was featured on the TutorDoctor.com website. David found himself matched with an exceptional student who was diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder, and he needed to find a way to engage the student in tutoring sessions. This is David's story of how he helped his student achieve success. I had plenty of tutoring experience, but I had never worked with students diagnosed with autism before. So when I was asked to tutor a high school senior who was diagnosed on the autism spectrum in English and U.S. history, I hesitated, uncertain if I would be able to meet the family's expectations. Finding it impossible to learn in an overstimulating environment, the student dropped out of public school and his parents had enrolled him in online high school. Their goal was clear. If the student could pass both classes with a D or better, he would be allowed to graduate with his high school class. After meeting with the student and his family, I decided to accept the assignment. The student and I began working together for one hour three times a week. The online course syllabi for both classes were rigorous, and it soon became clear that three hours a week was not enough time for him to complete the required assignments. He was easily distracted when it came to learning new material, and he found focusing his attention on a subject for more than a few minutes to be difficult. 
However, I discovered the student had an encyclopedic memory for things he was passionate about. He was preoccupied with James Bond movies and knew the smallest details about the directors, writers, actors, and storylines. He also had an exceptional space relation recognition and could put together a complex jigsaw puzzle in just a few hours. I decided to harness his unique strengths and ignite his interest in literature and history. As long as he could relate a subject to a James Bond plot, the student could make a connection. For one essay, he compared Beowulf to a Bond villain. To help him make sense of Macbeth, I found a connection with a female character that had manipulated Bond. As a reward for a good day's work, we finished the session by working together on one of his puzzles. Soon we were meeting three hours a day, five days a week, and making tangible progress. It was time to tackle a second hurdle, the test clock. The final exams were timed, and during practice tests, the student became increasingly agitated by the clock ticking at the bottom of his computer screen. I contacted the school counselor, explained the student's anxiety, and said I was certain he could be successful if he had more time to complete the tests. The school agreed to remove the clock. After eight months of tutoring, the student took his final exams. He didn't just pass. He earned an A in English and a B-plus in U.S. history. It was a proud moment for the student and his family, and for me as well. Taking the student out of the chaotic environment and allowing him to be tutored one-on-one at home helped him to thrive academically. Forging a genuine connection with the student and finding creative ways to help him learn was a recipe for success. What a great story, David. Congratulations to both you and your student on your success. Your hard work and dedication really paid off. It's amazing what we can accomplish when we tailor our tutoring and find ways to connect with our students. I encourage all of you to find something that your student really enjoys and to incorporate it into your tutoring. If you do and you find success or you have a success story like David, share your story with us. Check out this episode's description for the link that you can use to send it to us. Thanks so much for joining me. The next episode will be released in two weeks, so check back for more interviews, development topics, tips, and stories from tutors just like you. Happy tutoring, and we'll talk to you next time. 